All right. Welcome to the inaugural Organic Football Podcast. Uh, we're here to talk some fantasy football, and I'll be your host. My name is Mark, and with me today, my fantasy experts and brothers from another mother, Rich. What's going on, buddy? Yo, yo, what up, man? How you been, Mark? You know, there. hanging in there. How's the pandemic been treating you, bro? It's been been all right, man. You having a pretty good there. pandemic, everybody? <laughs> Kicking Just ass kidding. on the pandemic side. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been yeah. great. Uh, uh, but, uh, excited to talk some football and, and talk with you guys and go through it all. Yeah, and obviously we don't know uh, where the 2020 season is going to lead us or how it's going to play out with everything that's going on. But, hey, God we're knows. here to do one thing, talk about fantasy football and – Hope the rest of the shit falls in place. And over on the other side, we got Brad, Bradley Smithers. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? All right. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Brad. Uh, you know, just here, uh, chilling at the house, uh, smoking some bud and talking some fantasy football. <laughs> so li- life is good, buddy. Pretty life standard. Pretty standard Sunday afternoon, I would say. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, so obviously we've uh, we've been in a league together for what, the last ten years, going on ten years, huh, fellas? Yeah, the tenth year this year, yeah. Yep. It's pretty so crazy, man. It's crazy. We're to about think. to, yeah. <laughs> That's just this league. Some of us have played even longer than that. So. Yep. Exactly. But we're about to hit our uh, decade of decadence as a league, and you know Vegas was the plan, but uh, that might not happen either. But. Gamble responsibly, people. <laughs> Good advice, good advice from Smithers. <laughs> when it comes to the NFL, uh, yeah, if you don't have a little action here or there, it's it's just not the same. That's why we do fantasy, though, too. There's, there's always that fantasy aspect out there. Yeah. So, yeah, we've all been in that league for about 10 years. Um, I think we all got, like, real good experience. We've all worked the trade wires, worked the free agency. I think we've all got a pretty good idea of what, what it takes to be successful in fantasy football. But, yeah, so excited to talk about it, man. Almost all of us are champions, too, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, well we, don't, we don't need to get into the uh, the trophy <laughs> count just yet. but Oh, we'll I'm get sure, in there short, shortly. I'm sure all those listening at home can kind of figure out, you know, who's worn the belt, you know, who's had the, who's had the trophy up. Who's bitter? Posted high above their, uh, <laughs> and then who's bitter about it? Yeah, we'll figure with it. some good lighting on it, you know. Yeah, lighting, get the light shining, the sparkling off the trophy. You guys know. Yeah, shiny, shiny trophy. But I, I do think it's interesting that you know being together ten years as a league, and there's a lot of leagues that have been together a long time. One thing with our league is I think over the years we've all all the rule changes we've made, and I feel like after ten years, you know, we've kind of arrived at our best set of rules best you know not to say there's still going to be improvements yeah i think it leaves the most strategy you know it's not so much luck and the draw it's like you can have a strategy and go implement it you know yeah 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 for sure we've 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 made it to where it's a difficult league um but still a lot of fun um but you've got to you've got to bring the brains if you're going to succeed in that league you know it's not random that you get to the playoffs it's not random right you're a champion like it's it's about moves that you've made you've, you've put yourself in that position yeah it, it is it's the week-to-week and even the day-to-day strategy you know and that's kind of part of what we'll, we'll talk to as you know as we go on here with the podcast but 
and that's opposed to you know a lot of the rage we're based here in arizona is the dfs the daily fantasy and you know i guess we're old school in the sense that we don't go for the dfs it's a season-long commitment you know week in week out get your starting lineup in there get your wins get your losses i know a lot of people might play different out there but i guess maybe you call us fantasy football purists what would, what would you say to that and I actually, to, to comment on your Pierce thing, the one thing that sets our league aside than everywhere else is the limit on waiver move transactions. So when people are listening to this podcast, like, oh, go pick up this guy, go pick up this guy. Remember, we only have a limited 15 moves. 16-week fantasy season. Yeah, so yeah. not even one a week. So, so when people are listening, they're like, oh, why don't you go get this guy? Just remember, there's a lot more that goes into it. So that's what makes yeah. our league so difficult. It seems like a small change or almost probably insignificant change, but once you've played in it with that waiver limit as opposed to just willy-nilly picking up a guy, dropping a guy, oh, I don't want this kicker this week, you know, like you can do in other leagues that don't have a limit. Like you said, it really makes – Every move you make throughout the course of the year, crucial, and also makes the trades that you talk about eventually execute. All of that counts in the sense your roster construction is limited. The options yeah. you have to construct your roster. So, For yeah. sure, man. Like, I mean, there's times when in our league, you'll be spending time on thinking about if you're going to drop a player. Like, <laughs> And I, I just don't think that there's that level of engagement coming yeah. from, like, you know, certain other sources where it's like, yeah, I mean, like, Oh, yeah, do this guy, do that guy. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this all day. Like, okay, right. well, so if it's fine tuned in that regard, it almost kind of sets you up that you know that there's a lot more in depth analysis going on to make a final decision on something like that. Right. Yeah, like so, in my trade, I'm trying to get a backup tight end to cover my bye week to save me yeah. a waiver. You know, like that's an important piece of the puzzle for me. When people yeah. are like, why the hell do you care about this guy? I'm like, well, it saves me a move. And that move well, could be a backup running back that just got a started role, you know? Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, like, and even, like, the way we rank free agents is just, like, you know that we're, like, we're, we're really pinning down what's a good free agent as opposed to guys who have a million moves, they just throw it out there. There's, you can just throw a name at the wall all day. Whereas us, we're like, hey, this has got to be right. Like, this yeah. is like, this could be my season here in week three, free agent wire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's an interesting thing. And also, uh, you know, our league is non-PPR. You know, there's no points ah, awarded yeah. for catches, yeah, which is men. definitely old school. But like Brad said, we're men. <laughs> we drink scotch. Yeah, uh, we don't uh, like unicorns either. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, we could probably on a different show go into our reasons and our in-depth thoughts as to why uh, non-PPR is the superior way to play fantasy football. But until we get there, you know, we'll kind of save that. But it is it is an interesting uh, change because a lot of leagues are at the least a half-point PPR and sometimes full-point PPR, which is just fucking ridiculous. Other than that, yeah, I mean, it's just a league with 12 solid guys, but the strategy is intense week to week, and that's kind of why we thought of making the podcast. Once the season rolls around, we uh, we sit and talk and think about fantasy pretty much 24-7 to try to win this one league. You're right. I mean, oh, I was going to say earlier, you know, in Arizona, they don't let us play DFS. I will be honest. If they had DFS, I might invest in uh, Yeah, I will be honest. I would, I would be in on the action from, from, you know, time to time for sure. I do I do think, like, with my, like, analysis skills, I could kind of, like, get to where, like, there's a, a game to be played within that yeah, game. So, yeah, like, yeah. just to make money. But, like, my yeah. focus is, like, this league for sure. 100%. Uh -huh. Yeah, I like talking lines, but I'm not the better, so. 
used to be, but not anymore. So that's kind of where my stance goes on that. Greg, cut that shit out. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Right and you on, can dude. too, you out there listening. It's <laughs> gonna be uh, yeah. a little awkward. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk lines here and there, but uh, oh, I love talking lines though. Love talking that's lines. True. That's true. That's, yeah, that's I true. just don't. Uh, I just don't put my money in play anymore. So that's all. But he will bet um, your money if you want him to. Just oh, all day. day, all day. <laughs> yeah, if you've got some money for Brad to bet. Oh yeah, send it. Give him your email address. Thirty-four blacks <laughs> in the wheel. <laughs> Let's go, guys. Brad has another podcast where he just does his uh, whale play of the week and gives <laughs> half the people a favorite and half the people the underdog. So he's always, uh, he's always coming back winning. Everybody loves him. Business has been booming. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's kind of why we're starting the podcast and uh, probably try to get together every week or two and uh, talk some NFL and some fantasy nuggets for your listening enjoyment. Um, so while we're in the off season here, we kind of figured we would, uh, do a little recap of some of the big moves in NFL free agency. And, uh, also, <laughs> also sorry, this is going to take so much editing, you fucking bricks. We'll be here all night with this shit, no, trying to chop it up. No, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's organic. It's organic. Yeah, right? It's all happening Just organically. Play out. Oh yeah. We should out. mention yeah. that the reason, you know, we call it the organic football podcast came up with that uh righteous name was because uh you know we want things to happen organically, obviously, in our normal uh fantasy uh debates that we have amongst each other. But also, you know, those who like to partake in the uh medicinal qualities of uh certain plants are definitely welcome here with the uh, podcast and that one with the name organic so yeah i actually think organic's really good uh Rick believes in organic Crickets, crickets. crickets. <laughs> and somehow that's how it organically goes sometimes. You yeah, know? that's all right. Sometimes you get Sorry. some organic crickets in there. I was coughing. I muted myself. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> saw that. That's what it was. I was, yeah, I was I going on. And then I didn't really, I was looking at you, and then Mark was looking at me like, yo, bro, are you going to talk? I was like, oh, yeah. No one's saying anything right now. So, yeah. So, that was funny. It's yeah. absolutely quiet right now. <laughs> you know what? We uh, can put this in the bonus features when they buy it. You know, we'll sell it on like a little DVD. And this would be like know. extras. I think it's entertaining, man. I don't know. Maybe that'll be part of it. I don't know. It's funny. We'll see. Dude, there's someone <laughs> we'll driving on the road who's just like laughing. Like, dude, these guys sound just, just like me. Yeah. <laughs> if we could just like figure out a way to monetize the dead air, then we'd yeah. really be onto something, man. Yeah. Oh God, what do you think about the first sec? This is just for a second show. Like by the third, fourth show, we're going to be like, yeah. boom. Oh, that's going to be smooth so like butter, rocking. baby. Smooth like butter. I like butter. Okay. Like All butter. right. Let's get into it. Let's go with, uh, let's get into our free agency talks. Let's go for it. Go ahead, Mike. All right. All right. The NFL free agency, obviously, uh, it's it's happened. Moves have been made. Players have changed addresses. It's all stuff you guys need to know, you know, when thinking about the uh, draft is how these free agency moves are going to affect uh, fantasy stocks and values. Um, and we'll start with some of the biggest moves. You know, the first one that comes to mind that's on everybody's mind is what they've done down in Tampa. 
the Brady invasion. Uh, yeah, man, I, I'll tell you what. I like what's going on down there. I do think it's going to be a high-powered offense. Uh, to me, it's tough in fantasy when there's a lot of options out there. Um, we're looking at Evans, Godwin, obviously Gronk now too. So, like, those are moves that have got a lot of people, a lot of mouths to feed. So, it comes down to me when those things come up, do I go with the quarterback? And I don't know. This year I'm kind of like I'm, – I'm a little wishy-washy on it. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. What do you think, Brad? Uh, my biggest concern with Brady is him being able to throw 25 yards down the field. I think a lot of his are going to be like dinks and dunks, you know, which is fine because he's really good at that. He finds the open man. And then I think guys like Godwin and, you know, can really get there and find some space and really make some things happen. So I think he'd be good. But uh, fantasy wise, you know, I think there's a lot better options out there. I mean, it really depends on his price, too. Yeah, true. We should talk about that, about our league, too. Um, about, yeah, we are an auction know, draft. We're an auction draft, um, so most of our analysis is coming from that perspective. Right, with the $200 budget uh, for the yeah. whole draft. and Yeah, that's pretty standard, I think, for uh, leagues that do do auction drafts, do do them. But, uh, he said it. He said you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, in terms no. of uh, uh, Brady – and the Bucks, you know, obviously I got a lot of respect for Bruce Arians. I loved him as a coach in Arizona. I think that, yeah, that offense is going to hum. You know, my question to you, Brad, is are you envisioning Brady, like you said about his passing yards downfield? They do have deep threats in Evans and Godwin and, uh, you know, even Gronk. But, you know, is Brady going to have the kind of season that Peyton Manning had at the end? You know, is it going to be a noodle arm? And the defense is going to have to carry him. No, no, he's going to have much better than a noodle arm. I mean, Payton was throwing straight ducks at the end. Like those yeah. things were just coming out bad. I don't I mean, know I how can't that believe, guy like, won a Super Bowl like that. Man. Well, he the did. defense. So I mean, yeah. uh, while Brady's going to play better, he won't have the defense like Payton had. So I don't think, even though Payton won a Super Bowl, I think he'll throw better, but he won't get as far as Payton did. And, and do you I think, think that? I mean, do you think? that this is the year that Brady kind of starts showing his age, or you still think he's got a couple more before he really starts looking? No, good. I think this year he's going to be energized because he's, especially with those tight ends. Mm -hmm. I think those tight ends are what really going to, it's going to be back when Hernandez and Gronk were there. So right. I think he's going to enjoy that setup with two top end receivers to keep him honest on the, on the outsides. I think he's going to have a lot of fun with that. And especially showing Belichick up. I think he's going to come in with a lot of energy. So I think this year he will be good, but. I don't know. It might, you know, week 12 kind of fizzle out, though. Yeah, and fantasy value, so you're thinking Brady, middle-tier quarterback, not a top five, but maybe five to ten? Yeah, I would I would concur with that. Okay. I would see him about a five to ten as well, so he might, he'd be a, he'd be a proper play at, like, at a certain value, but, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, I don't know if he's looked terrible in the past mm -hmm. couple of years. Like, I think it might have been more the system in New England. And, you know, coming to Tampa Bay, like Brad said, he might be rejuvenated down there. And bottom line, like, even just the weather might be helpful for him. You know what I mean? To yeah. be in sunny, warm weather, like, he honestly could throw the ball better all year long just because of that. Because it, it will give him that rest. It will give him that edge to get through the whole season. 
So. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point, man. And then, and I, like you were talking about with the uh, the fantasy value for the rest of the Bucks offense, you know. Yeah, it, it's. Do you think it's going to be a game of dart throw, you know, week to week, as to who's going to go off? Absolutely. Uh, I, yeah. I think that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to we're going to have a week where OJ Howard has two touchdowns, and everybody else, uh, all the Evans owners, all the Godwin owners, they're all going to be sitting there going. Hey, what happened? Like, why did I get 13 yards? And I got OJ Howard getting it. I got Cameron Brake getting it. Cameron Brake's gonna get. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna rotate through. Are you drumming? Are you drumming right now? You can't drum. It's our it's our bongo soundtrack, (laughs) which I ordered that. Um, I have ADHD, ADHD guys, and there's a drum scene next to me, so I started we may, uh, <laughs> we may have some drum solos yeah. in the podcast. Yeah. Well, I might but as well no, just pick up my guitar if it's going to turn into that. And we'll just we'll organically. Just, maybe it's a pod, maybe it's a band. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but no, all right. So, yeah, I think we've kind of hit up um, uh, Yeah, Tampa Yeah, I Bay. think my thought would be on, the, on all the uh, – the offensive player power. Like I said, it's a dart throw, but you're not going to be pissed, you know, if you end up drafting Godwin, Evans, Howard, Gronk, because, yeah, they're going to be productive with Bruce I don't think, I think I'd be just, upset. I would stay away from all of them. It depends on where you, you think draft. it's going to be Let's that put bad. It that way. Okay. I, I think Mark has a point there where it's like you're going to get a baseline of production of, over the season out of those guys. This is going to be a good yeah. offense. So there's going to be a lot of points to go around. It's just a matter of you're going to have three or four weeks where no matter who, which guy you have in the piece of the puzzle, you're going to be disappointed a little bit. That so way. when New Little England had a good offense, who did you start back then? Gronk was the only guy, really. Maybe Wes Welker? I mean, even yeah, in the great offense, there weren't a lot of like he's got now. I know. He's got a lot of them, though. He's got a lot of them. So that's what I'm saying is – yeah. If he if he you see preseason he develops a relationship with one maybe go with it but I would stay clear of all of them. Well, sure. with Jameis last year, I mean, what did Godwin and Evans end up like the number two and number four scoring the fantasy receivers? And that's with Jameis throwing to them. Yeah. So they were yeah. both top five. Jameis spread it around enough, and he spread it around thirty times to the other damn team. So I, mean, I do think Jameis can throw a deeper ball though. Which is that's true too. more key to them. He can so, get more air under it. Okay. Yeah. So I think the the passing yards are going to go to the tight ends this year. So if I had to go towards it, I would go OJ Howard because everyone's going to gronk, and I think OJ Howard's going to have a breakout year. Yeah, we've been yeah, waiting yeah. for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of us have like seen that kid's talent, but it's been it's been tough, and I don't know, like I. Yeah, I mean, I would take a flyer on OJ Howard. You know, one two dollars, but um, yeah. yeah. You know, I might uh, go and three. And it could pan out. Oh, might go three. Okay, now we're starting to – let me just jot that down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, right. But, yeah, but that's good. I've got a little more on Tampa Bay, but we'll get back to it later in another uh, little segment we're doing. So. Yeah, that's cool. Let's keep going. Yeah. Um, let's uh, – like I said, we're based in Arizona, so let's keep it local here and talk about the big move that happened in the Valley. One of my favorite receivers of the last – just as a player – you know, uh, I just love his game. Uh, the last five, ten years is DeAndre Hopkins, and the kid can ball. You know, Steve Kime and the Cardinals went out and made a big move and uh, got Kyler Murray a number one receiver. Yeah, I think it's crazy. I wouldn't say it's a move. I would say it's a steal. So them getting a arguably number one receiver, top three, guaranteed top five 
top receiver in the NFL for David Johnson, who they were stuck with a hefty price tag with Kenyon Drake they wanted to bring back. Like, I don't know how they pulled off that move, but that was stellar. Absolutely. It was, it was a no-brainer, man. Like, on, on on our side, I'm just sitting there going, man, like, that that's too good to be true. You you told me about it, Brad, uh, at first, and I was just like, no, <laughs> it's impossible. Like, it couldn't have happened. And then, so it, it's happened. And You're talking about Hopkins, you, right? Not Hopkins. Hopkins, yeah, they traded yeah. Hopkins. <laughs> no, but, yeah, so uh, – Arizona this year, man. I, uh, fantasy-wise, with Hopkins, like I'd say I'm interested. I, I, I would say that there's a lot of a lot of the same stuff that we just talked with Tampa Bay, because there's a lot of weapons. Um, but I do think DeAndre Hopkins is just kind of that ultimate weapon. So. Yeah, and uh, you just look at you got Larry Fitzgerald. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, and, you know, I'm not sure if they've addressed the tight end position enough yet. You know, they kind of always seem to have a mediocre uh, tight end. But just those two weapons, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if Fitz will be in the slot. I'm guessing they'll still be in the slot. And then you got uh, Christian Kirk on the outside opposite uh, Hopkins. So that's that's some well, explosive what? firepower. And you being a – I know you were a Kyler Murray owner last year, Rich. So, you know, and a Cardinals fan and a Cardinals season ticket holder. So I know you're a big fan. Tell me what you saw with his game uh, last year and what you expect uh, going into next year. Uh, absolutely. Like, so where we went with Tampa Bay, I'll go there with uh, the Cardinals, all the options, all the weapons. Um, Kyler Murray, he can, he can flat out play. Man. I, I mean, I, I don't know if many people were paying enough attention last year. I mean, I know he won offensive rookie of the year and all that. But I'm not sure people know how how great he was. So um, to me, this year, I, I like the guy a lot. I, that's like when I say there's a lot of weapons in an offense. Usually, that leads me to the quarterback. And so Kyler Murray, like I really like the guy this year. Now, I I don't um, I don't overvalue quarterbacks. I do like quarterbacks for their range, their value in our league. You know what I mean? Um, but. I, I definitely like Kyler Murray to be like top three this year in fantasy, maybe top four or somewhere. Yeah, I actually think Kyler Murray could top, could be the number one quarterback just because, I mean, this guy, just like Patrick Mahomes, the one thing I like about him uh, is he throws lasers. You watch that trajectory, and they, man, the way they get to the target, like D-backs can't react quick enough because it gets there too fast. And so the only thing I do think sets him back is he's a little shorter. So that's why Mahomes is a better quarterback. But I think Kyler Murray is going to be right there at number two, man. I think he's – well, maybe Lamar Jackson, so he could be arguably number three. But he's going to be right there at the top guys all year round. And so with these weapons, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I think the whole league knows it, but I'm going after him. I'm going to go and get him. <laughs> You're, he's re he is ready to pay up for Kyler Murray. Yeah. All you listeners out there. Uh, yeah, hopefully Mark doesn't use this information against me. <laughs> No, I, I agree, man. I, I saw a lot in Kyler Murray, and I don't know if you guys remember, uh, you know, just game one last year when Kyler took his first NFL snaps. I think they played the Rams. No, maybe it was the Lions. Lions. He, uh, yeah. yeah, the Lions. He looked really bad for about three quarters. He looked like a college kid who didn't know what he was doing, who was kind of just running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He was getting balls batted down. And it was kind of like a hold-your-breath moment for me just as a Cardinals fan, too, you know, because you're like, 
okay, this is not off to a good start. And Cl- he's the number King- one pick. <laughs> yeah, he's the number one pick. Cliff Kingsbury's the new coach. He's supposed to be this offensive guru, and we're it, it was not looking good. But then the fourth quarter came around, and it was like the light bulb went off right before your eyes, and the kids started getting out of the pocket, being more accurate with some of his throws, you know, breaking off a few runs, and uh, you know, just from game one, I feel like in Kyler's Murray's, you know, personal game, I saw improvement just about every week. He had some weeks, a couple that were clunkers, but for the most part, you know, he was right there as at least a top 10 quarterback playing fantasy every week last year. For sure. Yeah, last year, I trusted him. I mean, it was like, it was it. I I didn't have to think twice even last year. And so I think, you know, going into second season, even though he's not getting um, the off season that we usually get, I still think like that kid's progression is just going to be off the charts, man. I mean, that's the thing is like what it was to begin with. Like you noted, he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He was making bad decisions. Well, all that like as the season progressed, he would have he would have about half a game where it wasn't all that great. It wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. And then he'd click. It would click with him. Well, I think that click is going to come way sooner this year. Like out the tunnel like and not only that but not only did he progress and i think this offseason he'll progress like you said even more and more when he clicks he'll just stay on the whole time and now you gave him someone like deandre hopkins and you're just like that's just huge that's huge wow okay and he's gonna be with him for the next three years three to five years like that's that's insane what a what a move by a franchise that generally makes bad moves yeah, so that's yeah. That's what I was gonna say too. When you when you noted it earlier about the weapons, where's where are they gonna line up? Well, all three of those guys, they can line up anywhere. They, they can they can put it. They can shift yeah. it. They can shift it all around the field, and just you won't know what to do with each play. Like that's can you imagine so those three in a bundled all yeah, bundled yeah, up on bunch, the side, a bunch set. Yeah, like yeah. they're gonna be like Who you it's guarding? gonna be impossible. <laughs> yeah, and they're all so they're all so great at route runners and footwork that when they like bunch up, I, I imagine that's one of the main things that Kingsbury is going to want to do with that. Dude, is and Isabella on the outside, on the other yeah. side. <laughs> like, yeah, and you, you can't forget saying, about man. Isabella. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's like yeah. the kind of receiver that'll sneak like 30 yards downfield, just go stand in a corner. Nobody will even notice him. And he'll be like a safety yeah. valve, you know, because yeah. they're worried yeah. about the, the three top weapons. Yeah. Yeah. And they're worried about Kyler Murray taking off too. They've got to play the, their man coverage. So they're, they're going to have their backs turned, man. It's going to be bad. And, and, you know, we haven't even mentioned yet another one of the Cardinals' big moves. And, you know, yeah, we're, we're all fans here in Arizona, but I've noticed a lot of the national press have uh, been given props to the Cardinals for, for their offseason oh, yeah. moves, for their draft and for their offseason moves. You just think about Kenyon Drake coming back on the franchise tag. Yeah. And yeah. a couple of the games Kenyon Drake had down the stretch last year, I mean, that's a different Kenyon Drake than I ever saw in Miami. And, you know, he came out here and pretty much tore it up, you know, is yeah. really the best way to say it. I mean, he played great once he got to the Cardinals. So, you know, I'd be, I'm interested to see, you know, how Kingsbury fits him into the offense as well. Well, not only that, but you also have Chase Edmonds, like who's speedy switch-up pace guy. So yeah, you have coming off the Drake, injury, but Chase Edmonds, you got four stout receivers, and uh, what's who's the tight end, Rich, that they got? I forget. Uh, the tight end situation, you mentioned it too. It's, it's not great. They have Max Williams and 
They still got Charles Clay. They might have Charles I think Charles Clay. Charles Clay. That's roster, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, but I was it, actually hoping it is they an were area of weakness for sure. Like, try OJ Howard from the Bucks. That would have been stellar. It but, that that yeah. might have been a nice move. Yeah. That's yeah. what yeah. I was thinking yeah. for the Bears, man. I mean, how how did uh, teams not go out and get OJ Howard? You know. Oh man. The after Bears the year had he had last year on the Bucks, then the Bucks get Gronk. You know, it seems like O.J. Howard's like should be right there for the taking. Or great. I mean, they. Yeah, I thought they would trade one of either them. Or, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I imagine they're going to try to utilize their tight ends there in Tampa Bay, so they want to just like have yeah. it so that they can really rotate them and keep Gronk fresh. You know they I mean? may be just worried that Gronk's going to hold up. Like he might get hurt game right. two, and they're just like, right. we still need two guy, two tight ends still for Tom Brady. Absolutely. Yeah. Because um, I think Tom Brady. Everyone knows Tom Brady worked best with two tight ends. So yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. I remember that back in the day. Him and Aaron Hernandez, man, it was like, whew, it was unbelievable. <laughs> but um, right, yeah, let's let's get to. Uh, I think we're all in agreement that uh, the the Bucks and the uh, Cardinals offenses should both be pretty prolific. One quick question for you fellas: How do you stack the Bucks winning in their division and the Cardinals standing in the division? I personally think the Cardinals will win, and it'll come come down to the Saints and the Bucks in a heated match at the end. I don't know, man. Uh, Cardinals, man. I'm a Cardinals fan. I love them all to death, man. But tough division, man. I, uh, Seattle is going to be good. I always, I always trust in Seattle being at least nine and seven. Um, and San Francisco. Forty uh, so Niners are coming off a Super Bowl run, so yeah, I which mean, can hurt you sometimes. Yes. That can hurt you. Ask Atlanta. San Francisco. San Francisco reloaded, man. They picked up Trent Williams. Like San Francisco did their job this offseason. They they said we're okay. Let's get to the next season. We're going to do this again. I think with the moves yeah. they made, they're they're in position. Man. They're they're really in position. I, mean, I, they had some losses, I think Cardinals won 10, 11 games. So I think that's going to put them in a position. So we'll see. I mean, San Francisco could do well too, and it could come down to that. But I think they'll be in a good position. Uh, but yeah, NFC South, man, um, I, I definitely see it between Tampa Bay and New Orleans, but I, I would lean New Orleans just because uh, yeah. Drew Brees, those guys, they know the rodeo, they know what they're doing. They've been there, done that. That team's solid. I think they're bound to, to get through this year. Like, just. I like New Orleans a lot, man. What about Atlanta there? Do you think Atlanta mixes it up with the whole girly edition? Well, I'll let I'll let Mark go on that, and then maybe we'll go into Atlanta. Yeah. Mark. <laughs> you, you said that it's going to be a battle in the NFC, NFC South between uh, Tampa and New Orleans. And, you know, I just – I got to give uh, New Orleans the edge as well, you know, and it's not just because of Drew Brees, but it's because of the my main man that's now backing up. Drew Brees that's going to know the whole Bucks playbook. So, <laughs> and you know, Jameis Winston studies that playbook, man. He's crab legs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought he, he's he's eyes head first in that thing. No, I thought that was an interesting move getting uh, Jameis as a backup. I mean, he could be a starter still, I would think, but obviously, the teams are just shying away from as... the 30 picks. But that guy can sling the ball downfield, man. They had Teddy Bridgewater last year, I thought, yeah. for kind of the same reason. And then Drew yeah. Brees got hurt, and it totally made sense. So yeah. I feel like it's along the same lines as that. Yeah, it's an insurance policy for Brees because he ain't getting any younger just like Brady. But yeah, you, you mentioned uh, Gurley going to the Falcons, which would be next on our list of big you like that segue? agency moves. <laughs> so, Brad, tell us your thoughts on Todd Gurley, the rumbling, the stumbling, the. Rarely fumbling, Todd Gurley, who uh, I guess he kind of had a down year last year. 
Yeah, I think his injuries are catching up to him, and I wonder if he'll stay healthy. So, I mean, in our league, if you get him cheap, he could be a top five back because I do think that offense is going to be good, and I think that whole division just puts up points. So, But it's a risk because if he gets hurt, then, you know, you paid money for a starting running back that, like I did David Johnson last year that doesn't do shit. So it, it, can, it can hurt you. No, I hear you. Um, when it comes to Gurley, you know, yeah, like I wouldn't be paying a big, big fee on him. Um, I wouldn't be using a lot of capital on him. I do think he could be sneaky value this year, though. Um, if that guy remained healthy and played in that offense, I think that's going to be a nice little sneaky offense as well. Um, you know, Julio Jones, I, I like to, <laughs> I, it seems like all I'm doing is listing off like uh, skill players, but man, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Todd Gurley, um, they trade for Hayden Hurst to replace Hooper with Matt Ryan throwing the ball. I think it's, I think it's a good situation. Yeah, Gurley, man, a couple years back, and it's, it's so hard with running backs because they get banged up, and you know, he was a dominant force a couple years back, banged up this last year, and it almost seemed like he was hesitant sometimes, you know, to hit the hole, hesitant to cut hard. And, you know, he didn't look like Ty Gurley as the bottom line last year. So, you know, maybe a full offseason, uh, you know, recuperation will get him back to into form. Maybe the change of scenery will rejuvenate him, you know, because, yeah, Atlanta's offense could definitely pop too. And uh, they, they could do some damage, uh, again, in a tough division. So I think it will be a you know a pretty good fit, Gurley going there, because like you said, there are weapons on the outside, uh, and he can still catch it and run it. Obviously, he's one of the best ever at that. I would say. Who do you trust more, Gurley in Atlanta or David Johnson in Houston? <laughs> and I, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, we talked about the Cardinals end of the Hopkins trade, but. And I know you wanted to kind of expound on David Johnson. It almost makes me sad, fellas, to talk about David Johnson like this because, man, he had a couple breakout years. I thought the Cardinals did the right thing when they signed him to the long-term contract. Signs the contract, immediately goes out, breaks his wrist. What, the next season he got banged up again. Then his back. And, and his back, and he just he hasn't been pride. the same guy. Yeah, his pride, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> his pride is wounded, man. My pride is wounded because I freaking love yeah. that guy. I drafted him, dude. Trust and me. And, I mean, as, as far as, obviously, we're talking fantasy football. These guys are, you know, making real-life uh, plays out there. But just, you know, yeah, seeing interviews with David Johnson, he's, he's just one of the nicest guys. You know, he's one of those guys I root for. So it's tough that they kind of had to let him go unceremoniously, but – at the end of the day, if somebody called you up and said, hey, give me David Johnson, I'll give you DeAndre Hopkins, whether you're playing fantasy or reality, you know, you're going to be like, yes, I will take fucking DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Did you hear they tried to do the trade in ESPN? Or, uh, in the simulator, the, the draft simulator? The simulator draft. It, it rejected it. <laughs> it rejected it's like, it. That is like four stars versus trade. one star, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. too bad. I agree, Mark. Like, yeah, I love Dave Johnson, the guy. I always have, man. He's he's awesome. Like, uh, it's, it's it's almost sad. You're right. That's that's the bottom line. Is what what it gets to is that that situation is almost sad. But like, I do believe when we talk about Gurley, when we talk about David Johnson, I do kind of believe in the change of scenery. I think that when players have to change their scenery because hey, my team didn't want me anymore. Right. They're out it, of their comfort can, zone. They're not the man anymore. 
it can go one of two ways. I mean, they could they could just okay, that's it. It fizzles out, or it can it can be a motivating factor, man. These guys can come back motivated. So that's why, like you know, there is there there is some value there. It just depends on where you can snake up that value on those guys. Yeah, I'm thinking Mike Vick on the Eagles for one season. You know, had mm-hmm. an yeah. insane year. Granted, he was in jail for dog fighting, but. But he was rejuvenated when he got out the clink. So he motivated, yeah, yeah, motivated. Well, my that's, my that's only thing, thing with David Johnson is is he didn't really do well in the system with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray with a mobile quarterback that ran on the fly. Yeah. David Johnson worked really well with, hey, man, we're going to give you the ball and you're going to run up the middle and you're going to get us the yards. So I wonder if Houston is kind of like that same system and will he succeed in that? So that's why I'm kind of leaning more towards Gurley has a better chance that being more productive than David Johnson, because I feel like he just kind of like went a parallel move and just changed teams, same system. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I do know that a little bit in Houston, they'll, they'll run more of a zone blocking scheme and hand the ball off for when it comes time to run. He may, he may, he may actually fit pretty well there. I don't, I, I don't know. Like <laughs> we'll see though. That, like you've said before, uh, his running style just changed. It just, he hadn't, he hadn't really had that like, you know, full-fledged running style. It's, it's he shifted. He just didn't want to take on the contact. It, <laughs> he's iffy, but there can be yeah. value there. Like, I, th- those are the type of guys, though, if you get them and they come out great, you're going to have a good team that year because yeah. you didn't have to pay for that guy. You paid for and, a stud, and you didn't pay for this guy. So as long as you don't overpay on him, then he's going to yeah. be valued for you. And people you know? need to realize with our auction draft, the way we talk about it, we've had one year – one running back go for as much as $90 out of a $200 auction bid. And we've had running backs go for two, three bucks that ended up being top 10 backs. So when we're making these decisions and talking about running backs and what we like, remember that it all comes with the value of what we set. So we like running backs at 25, but not at 45, you know? So like when we talk about what we like, we might like them, but it's at a certain price and value. Yeah, the draft value is kind of always in the back of our mind when we're talking about this. So we're going to go ahead and take a little break here, and we will be back shortly to finish up this inaugural edition of the Organic Football Podcast. All right, and now I'd like to welcome in our special fantasy expert coming straight from Mother Russia. Give it up for Dimitri. What's up, Dimitri? Make good drink. Make you feel good. You will trade me. DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> you will do this now. Smart move for you. <laughs> it's in your best interest. <laughs> so, so Dimitri, did you hear that Jimmy Graham, washed up Jimmy Graham, signed a two-year deal for $16 million for the Bears? What are the Bears doing this offseason, Dimitri? I, I don't know. <laughs> Not good. I, not good, no. <laughs> Never good. Definitely not good. <laughs> the Bears, they don't win. They don't win. No. No, no, no. but honestly, what do you what do you think about that, Mark? Those Bears guys. And we'll we'll say to bye to our buddy Dimitri. He's got to catch the next boat back to Russia. Thank you, Dimitri. Yes. Thank <laughs> you for good your day. Time. Good day. <laughs> Send me some of that potato vodka. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Nick Foles, I mean, I've noticed some people get excited about this move, and I'm not really sure where they're coming from, man. To me, Nick Foles to the Bears, you know, and they did end up getting him at a reasonable price. 
uh, with the restructuring of the contract. Are we but, talking about Kyle Orton or Nick Foles? Uh, Orton. Nick Foles. <laughs> We're not talking about the neck beard, man. We're talking the about the same person, I feel. It feels like the same the move. Get out your mouth, man. Uh, yeah. He's a backup quarterback that had a good year. Well, he did lead the uh, Eagles to the Super Bowl. Let's not forget. Credit where credit is As due. a backup. Um, as a backup, filling in for once. Um, Orton had yeah. a great year as a backup. I feel like, uh, you know, Foles, it's a giant fucking yawn to me is the best way to describe <laughs> it. To me, Nick Foles to the Bears is Joe Flacco to the Broncos of last year. It's going to be a giant yawn in a uh, six and ten seasons, my prediction. Six and ten. Ooh. Might uh, be yeah. five and eleven. It might be four. I think it's going to get really bad. Where, where is anybody bears. else more optimistic on Nick Foles than I am? I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not optimistic on the Bears, and so I think we're all kind of on the same page there. It's yeah. it's it's tough, man. It's tough to see that because you know Foles and Trubisky, neither one of them is a, is a full time quarterback, man. It's tough, and then you see what the front office has done. I don't know if you liked it, but like from an outsider's perspective. I didn't like the Jimmy Graham signing. I don't like um, the Not draft. I don't like their yeah. draft. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how you feel about their tight end that they drafted. Like, yeah. hey, what does that do for them? It's just, it's not what they need, man. It's tough. I can tell you how fired up Bears fans were when they brought in Khalil Mack, which was super fired up. And it's still a good move. You know, he had a little bit of a down year for Khalil Mack, which is still a great year for just about any other linebacker. You just look at that move they did. They gave up two first-round picks. And it's been two years now since the Bears had a first-round pick, and it's just brutal. Even this year, they get Cole Komet in the second round, that tight end, and then you got Jimmy Graham on a two-year deal. And, you know, I'm just – Jimmy Graham, he was great in New Orleans, and he's just been pretty much mediocre everywhere he's been since then, in my opinion. Well, I think it's because the reason Jimmy Graham was good was Drew Brees and how Drew right. Brees utilized him. Yeah. And he's never once had a quarterback that does that. Literally, and now he's, they went he's to long Seattle, in the tooth. He's older. He's just – yeah, he, they paid all this money and wanted him to run block, and it's like, yeah. what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah, that was that dumb. You traded your number one center away for that, and I think that really hurt their franchise ever since they did that. So, yeah, and then they brought in Ted Ginn Jr. on a one-year deal, which is like, you know, uh, Ted Ginn. I, it's I, like Ted Ginn don't catch the ball. You gotta get, you gotta be able to throw him the ball right. Yeah. Like so, like you've got Trubisky who has like an arm a little bit but he's not accurate whatsoever. So guess what he's going to do? Ted Ginn gets free. He's not going to hit him. I've seen that. I've seen it hit. I've seen it happen a lot. And Ginn needs to get hit in stride. He's not one of these guys that's going to adjust for the ball. And he's he's not catching the ball. That's for sure. And, you know, and they let Taylor Gabriel go. So you let Taylor Gabriel go. You bring in Ted Ginn Jr. He's pretty much the same player, you know, for an older guy. Not a fan of that one either. You know, one move they did I did like was Robert Quinn. You know, they let Leonard Floyd go on the defense and brought in Robert. Yeah, overall yeah, for the Bears, you know, I'm definitely a pessimistic Bears fan. You know, I hope they'll do well, but I've just uh, I've seen it so many times. And I don't believe that Nick Foles has another uh, Super Bowl run in him. But we'll see what happens. Um, you guys want to get on to the uh, Cardinals free agency? Yes, sir. The Arizona Cardinals, well, we already talked about the biggest move, bringing Hopkins. Hopkins was huge, and then they that, that allowed them, that freed them up to do some stuff on the defensive side of the football. I really like what they did. They brought in Jordan Phillips. They brought in um, Devin Kennard and Devondre Campbell, all on the defensive side. But that's what they need. I mean, they've, they've got their offense settled down. Right. So, like, being able to bring in a guy like Hopkins, high-end wide receiver, just yeah. to open them up to, like, 
fix the rest of the roster right. and get it done. So, well, I think um, what they've done with Hopkins is literally other people want to come play for Arizona now, which has never been the case. I think people now with the moves they've made, people are like, oh, wow, they could win. Yeah. Which yeah, is crazy. Hopkins and Murray as a combo, it's like, wow, this team's on the come up. This is, this is something to be looking at for the next three to five years as long as they continue to build it, right? So I think people, as much as they're getting hyped, I think they're actually, like, they're going to be good. They're going to be real good fantasy football-wise. They're going to be real good football-wise, too. How many wins do you see them get? I do see them about nine wins. I think that's where they max out is about nine. They have a tougher schedule. There's a couple little stretches that are tough for them. But I'm optimistic and think they'll get to about nine and seven and push for a wild card with that record. Okay. Nice, nice. Yeah, you know, before we went on the break, I did want to go back to a fantasy question. We were talking about the running backs. So we kind of we kind of mentioned our budget and, you know, yeah, if you got 25 bucks, you know, you're getting towards the back half, half of the draft and you're looking for a running back. You know, you got these three running backs to change addresses. You got Todd Gurley's on the Falcons, Melvin Gordon's on the Denver Broncos, and then David Johnson's on the Texans. So if you have that $25, you're ready to throw down on one of those three. You know, Rich, who would you lean to? I'm kind of bullish on Melvin Gordon at that price rate. That move that kind of went under the radar for a lot of people, but they paid him. You know, he got this. He got about 16 mil for a two-year contract, which in running back standards, if you're getting $8 million a year, um, that's high-end money for a running back. So he ended up getting, his, getting paid some money. To be honest with you, like, you know, Philip Lindsay's a good running back. I like that guy. But it's a secondary he, rule. When you have a guy like Melvin Gordon, it's good to give it that 65-35, and that keeps, that keeps it just at the right margins for Melvin Gordon to have a really good year, To be, in my opinion. Um, that team is a little undervalued, too. Um, they, they seemed bad last year, but they finished out real strong last year. So I don't necessarily like Drew Locke that, that much, but um, I do think he's like keep having a good run game is going to be key for them. Run game and defense is going to be solid with Vic Fangio's defense. Like, I think Denver's offense can fill the void on the other side by running the football. I like Melvin Gordon. Um, I would yeah, go Gordon, so too. You, you concur, Brad, on Gordon? Yeah. Gordon, Gurley, Johnson, if I had to rank That's him. How you now, there, there may be other guys at that same value, obviously, around $25. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Gordon out of those three. Yeah, I was kind of grouping them together because they're like kind of big names that change addresses, and I think they're all coming off injuries. I know Gordon yeah. came back for a little bit last year. Gordon came Gurley, off a shoulder injury, right? Yeah. Gurley was kind of hobbled, and Johnson was all banged up. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think I would lean Gurley. Interested in David Johnson. I do think he could play good. You know, I'm not sure exactly what Bill O'Brien's doing down there in uh, Houston right now. You know, he's got Sean Watson, so that's a good start. I, I did want to mention that about Houston when we got there earlier. It's just, you know, <laughs> it floors me about them that they bring in Brandon Cooks after all of that. That yeah. was like where we got – I didn't get to that. It was Brandon <laughs> Cooks. Like, it's like they ship out Hopkins to bring in Brandon Cooks, who was on two concussions last year. Like, yep. I could, I can't imagine what he's doing yeah. there. And then, really and then Houston – Houston drafts a wide receiver with their fifth round pick. And then that's it. Like Bill O'Brien's kind of goofy. He should not be a general manager. Yeah. It sounded like uh, Hopkins had some uh, negative feelings towards him after they left. What do you think that'll do to Deshaun in the draft because of all this? Deshaun's talent level. I think he should be top five every year. It's going to be different because Hopkins was his go-to guy. I mean, he's got Will Fuller. 
talk about another injury playing. <laughs> I would have traded Fuller for Johnson. <laughs> oh, God, man. Fuller just cannot stay healthy for the – he, like, walks out on the field and pops a hammy. It's, it's ridiculous. After um, scoring 20 points. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He'll have a huge game, and then that then everybody will – And he trade for a mid-game. Yeah. He'll get picked up, or you'll do a big trade to get him, and then he'll just – There he goes. That happens. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. Deshaun Watson, like, I'm going to steer clear of him this year because I could see the off-field stuff kind of playing in a little bit. They ship out his buddy, DeAndre Hopkins goes. It's like, yeah. could this be the first year that Deshaun Watson is actually disgruntled? Gets it out there. I mean, he hasn't gotten his deal yet. I mean, yeah. like, he's not supposed to yet. I don't think he's due, but, you know, it's still in his head. Like, you know, pay oh, yeah. and then And then also, like, you know, now you got rid of my guy. Does I he even want to get paid, or does he want to lead now? You know, like I wonder if that's in his mind. Well, that's what I'm like, saying. Do I want to play for these people? That's why I'm going to steer clear. Is because I think it could get a little tumultuous there. There's already like been those like little rumors of like, oh, Bill O'Brien will ship out Deshaun Watson to the Patriots and like <laughs> crazy oh, shit. Yeah. But but like you know it's there, and then so that starts brewing. Gets in everybody's head, he might start getting disgruntled there. So Especially just, if I'm they get off to a rough start, you know, record-wise, yeah. if they go one and three in September or something, that's right. When, Absolutely, uh, that's when the seat gets hot. So yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, of those three running backs, though, going back to that Gurley, Gordon, and uh, Johnson, yeah, uh, I liked your guys' points on Denver. Now with Denver, you know, they got Melvin Gordon, and they still have Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay on the roster, so it could get a little crowded. That's one of those to just monitor, you know, if somebody's going to get the lion's share of the carries or if it's going to be just – I think know. it's Gordon's backfield, and then I think the rest will fight for the 35. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think – yeah, I, I, I do think that's what that contract would say is, like, they right. paid him some money. So I feel like they would use him that They're way. They're going to utilize is, him more, yeah. It is one of the reasons that he's more of a 20 to $25 guy for our league, you know, that mm – -hmm instead of being more of like a top end guy when if he ends up with that lion chair you're going to be getting you know maybe a top, top 10 production guy. Yeah, yeah exactly top eight top 10 he's going to be in there he's going to be in that discussion so right on well let's uh switch gears here for a minute i think we all kind of thought of one uh, under the radar free agent ad so we kind of talked about a lot of the big names a lot of the rbs that have changed teams, you know, and I'll go ahead and start, you know, my under the radar move, a guy that I think is primed for uh, probably a pretty big year. And in addition is blown under the radar in a way was Stefan Diggs going to the Buffalo Bills. You know, I just like what Josh Allen did with that offense last year. You know, he really showed me something last year. You know, he's a tough competitor. He's still a young guy. He put his, that team on his back, you know, several times last season. So you bring in a guy like, I mean, he made John Brown back into a star. He actually made John Brown into a number one receiver, which is something the Cardinals can definitely never, you know, you got John Brown on the outside, you got Diggs. You know, I think that offense is going to be uh, one to keep an eye on. And I think Diggs could, could have some nice production. Yeah. That's, that's one that, um, that, yeah, I don't, I don't know how, probably just because of the timing came out, you know, you know, that went under the radar. Um, yeah. But, you know, Stefan Diggs, he's a number one wide receiver. It's bottom line. As an NFL wide receiver and as a as a fancy guy, I think he'll be a, a top 12 guy this year. And, yeah, I like that offense. I mean, Josh Allen knows how to chuck the ball, man. He could, he could chuck the ball 70 yards, and that's oh, yeah. Stephon oh, Diggs, yeah. man. He could and rush then, for 70 yards, too. 
And then the other side of that, you, I, I like them drafting um, Zach Moss, um, the Utah running back. So now they've got Moss and Singletary in the backfield that really solidified that backfield. So yeah, it's looking pretty nice there. I do, I do like the Bills a little bit under the radar this year as yeah. a team. And then, you know, conventional wisdom would say that uh, New England would take a step back in that division, you know, obviously losing Brady and Gronk. I mean, I'm sure they'll probably still be uh, competitive and be a good team even with uh, Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. Rich, are you convinced that Jarrett Stidham is going to be the guy in New England? Um, actually, I am wholly not convinced. Uh, <laughs> not, uh, <laughs> you're calling bullshit is what you're saying. Uh, I think I am. I'm, I, I, I've been smelling a little something cooking. Uh, I think that we're going to have a Cam Newton sighting in New England. I think that's where this thing is going. Um, I just see a little bit of the writing on the wall with Cam Newton. Um, needs a home. A um, little, little bit of that reclamation project, and I think it's a good fit. I think a lot of people think it's not a good fit um, with Bill Belichick, but I think it's that situation where a player needs a new scenery, um, and to have him get Bill Belichick uh, his guidance. I mean, you look at how Jameis Winston went to uh, New Orleans because he wanted to be around Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of going to end up the same way. I think. Bill Belichick's kind of waiting it out, um, wants to be able to make sure he's healthy, um, waiting out the whole situation, making sure he's desperate too on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a mind game that Belichick's Right, playing. right. Is, is you know, I got to believe just knowing Cam's personality, he's probably a little, you know, lack of a better term, butthurt that teams weren't all tripping over themselves to bring him in. Teams are taking a more cautious wait-and-see approach. He's still on the market. I'm not sure exactly what he's asking for. I'm sure he's asking for a lot of money. Somebody's going to pay him. Um, I think people are worried about his mentality. Like, the, is he well, mentally injury, to play you know, the game Is still? he going to be 100% healthy? His ankle and his, you know, he's he's took a lot of hits in this league. So, I mean, yeah, I think we all the agree. The didn't seem like he really wanted to play to me. So, yeah. that's where my concern is. So, but, I mean, maybe, like Rich said, like, no one wanted him and everything. Maybe that does put a little spark in his butt. You know, and then makes butt. him want to come back and play. Yeah. <laughs> Spark right in his butt. That's what he yeah. needs. Boom. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think I, the one thing I'd say about that is, like, if I could put a little money down on it, I probably would. I think Cam's going to end up in New England. Um, the one thing about that, like, that kind of piqued my interest a little bit last week or maybe it was the week before with the schedule, um, New England's got five primetime games, man. So, I, like, something something's brewing there in my opinion. I, I think – I don't need – know if the nfl puts new england on for five primetime games um without something bringing bringing it to the table i don't think people tune in to see bill belichick coach yeah i think people so i think there's something brewing there we'll see and, and i mean no nobody wants to see jared stidham uh airmail 15 yard outs on monday night football so and that's what they said yeah. about tom brady when he came in for drew bledsoe so you never know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he could what be I heard a point on that too, though, um, about Stidham. Like, if it was like secretly, like this guy was so great, we would know about it. We would have heard about it. Like when we knew Jimmy G was a good backup, and we knew yeah. what his value was, we knew about that value because yeah. he was yeah, there, and, and we were hearing about it. We, yeah. You're hearing about it. You know, he's that he's a good backup. Well, we yeah. haven't heard that until it was like this has got to be Jared Stidham's show. Now yeah. it's like, oh yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Okay, right. we'll see. We'll see about that. Right. And if he's certainly if he's not good in training camp, I think they pick up the phone and they call Mr. Cam Newton. Get him in there. All right. You heard it here first. Rich is playing <laughs> his flag on that one. I like it. I like it. Cam <laughs> and a Patriots uni. 
I yeah. like it, man. So getting back to the under the radar, you know, I said Stefan Diggs. Brad, I believe you want to talk about somebody on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think um, Calais Campbell is like the second biggest move out there over DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you're talking about a team that went to the Super Bowl and then just put a stud like Calais Campbell on their team. So yeah. that's that's crazy. Like, I don't know who wants to face Baltimore's defense right now. Well, Baltimore didn't go to the Super Bowl, technically. Uh, yeah, well, Bowl well, yeah, that's between. what I'm saying. They, they were going to go. That's, yeah. That was the 49ers <laughs> and the uh, Chiefs. They should have went to the Super Bowl. They, they won, yeah. Until Derrick the Henry Super came to town, they probably should have. Yeah, Derrick Henry had other plans for them. Super yeah. Bowl caliber team. I, yeah, I think Super Bowl caliber. Thousands. I see where you're going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you know, I agree. Uh, Calais <laughs> Campbell – has been a beast. He is a beast. As long as he's healthy, you know, I just – it seemed like the situation in Jacksonville was just going off the rails, you know. I don't know what they're doing with that team. But they let him go. They didn't want to pay him, and Baltimore swooped right in. I, I agree. That's That could be a huge move. And the Baltimore's, you know, the Ravens' fantasy defense traditionally is usually a top-five defense year in, year out, it seems like. So, yeah, that, I th- that would I think be that's- to watch. I think that's definitely key to point out too is like something that I like for fantasy defenses is to like look at like the both sides of the ball. In Baltimore, you know, they're they're a good defense, but if you look at the offense, they're gonna score a lot of points. They're gonna get the other team playing from bad position. Yeah. Uh, make them make mistakes. So there is that correlation there. You yeah. want you want an all around good team when you're picking yeah. up like a so like that that makes Baltimore Ravens always looking nice and stout, but because they're in, they're going to be in those situations a lot. Yeah, I like that. All right, all right, all right, all right, and that is where we will end this inaugural episode of the Organic Football Podcast. I really want to thank my two co-hosts. The hostesses with the mostesses, Bradley Smithers and Richie Rich Murray. Y'all need some fantasy advice. You got questions, they got answers. Trust me, these guys know what they're talking about. So we will be back with you soon. And check us out on all the socials, Organic Football Podcast. Late.
Told you wrong and now 